is a meeting. Ooh, very legal. I like it. Jordan, kick us off. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Brigham Young Money. I am Jordan. I'm joined here with Kyle and Greg. We're just uh, three cool dudes. Just, you know, dudes rock. Dudes rock 2020. You really do. Forever to infinity. Oh, my God. So who are we, guys? Who are we? Greg, tell us who you are, specifically. Um, hi, yeah. So I'm Greg, um, a.k.a. Dad Sham Dad, a.k.a. Lon Stockton. There it is. A.k.a. Grill Daddy Kane. There's another. Ja Morantifa. Ja Morantifa. <laughs> your Antifa. Giannis Antifa Kumpo. All of the above. Um, I am the, uh, kind of the local dumbass of the, uh, of the pod. I, I'm here to learn and, and defer to my, uh, my smarter co-hosts, um, and talk about what it's like to have a child. Um, and I'm joining this podcast. I, I enjoy yelling, um, and I need some sort of catharsis during all of this some sort of therapy that's actually cheaper than therapy. Uh, Cause I'm the one of the group who actually has to buy diapers. Yeah. And I don't have insurance. So I also can't, <laughs> can't go to therapy. Actually, no, sorry. I have insurance for the rest of this month and then I don't have insurance. And then, no, I, I thought, but I was told that um, if you like your health insurance, you can keep it. You can. Is there's just a fat ass asterisk right there. Um, yeah. And also, the good thing is that I have options like Cobra. And so Cobra could save my life. I just have to pay like $1,300 a month for it. It's like making a a Ferrari payment every month. It's really great. Why don't I just get a Ferrari instead of pay for Cobra? It's actually, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a better investment than Cobra. Come on. I, I think so too. You have access. You have access. I can go to the emergency room if I really need to, yeah. What, el- what else could you need? You have access to healthcare. That was the one thing that we were mm-hmm. promised and we were delivered this. I feel very <laughs> delivered. Um, so yeah, I guess I might as well go next now. Uh, my name's Kyle. Um, I think that's all I really got to say. We need, we need, this, we need this cathartic outlet because, I mean, that's how we became friends is because we all needed a cathartic outlet, I feel like. And so, um, because I think we were all kind of going a little nuts being like in Utah where it's like, you know, how do we describe it? How do we describe it, boys? Um, How would you describe Utah? I mean, you know how it is. Um, It's perpetually the town from Footloose. Yes, so we got Footloose Town. So um, wild finding that was out the, filmed in Utah. It was filmed it, in Basin. It really was. Grandpa's track. Grandpa's uh, alma mater, actually. Um, yeah. I was in Payson last weekend, oddly. But anyway, um, you know, we all needed a cathartic outlet for this, um, and it can feel kind of lonely being a leftist in Utah because there's. A lot of Pete Buttigiegers. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we are the nice Republican people. And then it wasn't until you guys that I really found other people in Utah that I, you know, agreed with. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Just the way God intended. 
Hell this yeah, is the place. King. Jordan, your turn. Is it my turn? Okay. I'm Jordan, aka at symbol GI Joey Jojo. I am a veteran of the United States Army, which is hell yeah, hell yeah. Gonna gonna get the bad stuff out first, (laughs) everything else. (laughs) But seriously, though, if you hate this podcast, you literally hate the troops. So exactly, it's 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 important. If you he's our cover, so we can hate the troops. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I have two degrees from the U in history and political science, so I am so I am perpetually depressed. they don't mean That's anything sick. anymore. I just, I, I don't believe in those anymore. Just like, they're just pieces of paper now because all my belief in political science went the window in 2016 and history is just one of those things we just kind of just don't pay attention to. So. Or learn from. Or yeah. learn from. I mean, yeah. you can pay attention to it, but you don't need to pretend like it actually does anything. Yeah, we learn all the time from history. It just doesn't change our uh, mindset. Oh no, those two things just make me a gigantic smart ass now. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I get out of it. So, yeah, you know, like with your degrees and, and your knowledge of American history and political science, like you're basically getting a front row seat to history repeating itself, right? Oh, yeah, it's a great time to be alive, my friend. Um, and I also decided to grad school right now, too. So I'm like digging deeper into like, say, government and things like that. So I, I'm just I'm just perpetually happy, just always happy. That's really Minor good stuff. You know, masochism. Pretty much, uh, just like the entire, like, yeah, just like the entire country is my dom. <laughs> so I feel like we need to kind of re- rewind the tape just a little bit, just to give um, our listeners a little bit of a backstory as to how this podcast uh, came to be. Um, so I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna dive into it. So originally, all three of us met on Twitter. Um, I think I met. Jordan just via um, Utah football, and then eventually that kind of uh, snowballed into like, oh, he's actually got like really good political takes, and we're like-minded. Same thing with Kyle in that, um, I think we were talking about uh, how awful Donovan Mitchell's sneakers are. Yep. Um, and then that we started following each other after that and realized, oh, wow, like there's actually another leftist. It's like that Arrested Development meme that that that's like there are dozens of us. There are literally dozens of us. There are literally dozens of us. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so from there, we all kind of started just hanging out, having a good time online together. Um, which then uh, Slack group, my first thing. Yeah, which then, which then snowballed into a Slack group, and then when uh, when COVID hit, we were all losing our minds in our house, or in our houses, I should say, um, getting locked up and and kind of feeling like uh, like a sequel to The Shining. So we set up a Friday night social distancing uh, binge drinking sessions at my house where we all get together and set up my front lawn and just kind of shoot the shit and uh talking about uh uh, utah politics and current events and uh why everybody in utah should hate and also love gordon garachek 
Um, and, and that's where that's where Brigham Young uh, money was was conceived. And now and now you are seeing uh, nine months have passed, and and we are officially giving birth to this uh, this beautiful baby of a podcast. Also, we kind of have to mention too, like we've all met for the first time at like Bernie Sanders rallies. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We met at that first uh, Bernie event. So that yeah, was like. I was like, oh, those are my friends. They're the two tallest people in this entire room by like at least a foot. So pretty easy to spot, it turns out. We actually have a, have you guys seen that group picture of that event? It's pretty cool. We're in the oh, front. yeah, I have. Cute. I like it. The second one we went to, I actually got a picture with Jane Sanders too, just because I managed to catch her like she was coming down some stairs. So I was like, yeah. oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. What's that woman? She was, that was really good. Remember, you guys, remember when we were happy there for a sec? That was crazy. Oh, yeah, that was the, that was the greatest, like, yeah. And it's also, like, like, inevitable, and, and things were actually, like, seemed semi-good. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, uh, COVID was, was looming over all of us. It was this big, dark, ominous cloud. But at least there seemed, there, there seemed to be at least some sort of glimmer of hope, um, which was, which was uh, quickly put out yep. by the Democratic Party. Literally on the day of... They rule, and I love them a lot. The coolest, it was the people. day of the Bernie rally here, right? That was the day they coalesced, because that was the day Klobuchar dropped out. Yep, Super Tuesday. Yeah, that, was bloody, that was Bloody Monday, as they say. Oh. Yeah. You guys yeah. remember how you guys remember how awesome February was? February was great. That was the best. And then like after that the earth stopped like staying I, still. I threw yeah. that hardcore show for Bernie. We raised a bunch of money. We got a bunch of people like a bunch of like punk and hardcore anarchists to like be into electoral politics. Then <laughs> just <laughs> everything went to shit instantly. That's your mistake, man. I know. I fucked up. <laughs> Damn. Ah, whatever, man. It's cool. We're just descending straight into uh, Joe Biden's America, so it's cool. We're good. Anyway, so you guys see the news? Have you heard this? Have you seen this? Like, so what's going on? Like, what we got going on right now, guys? Because we got uh, a lot of horrible things going on all at once. Should we start from the top? Oh, oh where, my God. where would you like to start, Greg? Um, just just going through my notes. Um, uh, oh. in my Kenny Loggins voice, "Highway to the Cool Zone." Oh, yeah, we're we're firmly into. I think we've just burned through the cool zone into like the. It's almost right. like the the cool yeah the cool zone lasted like a week. And I don't no, no, even remember is, which week that was. This is like sem- no, this is seminary zone now. This is the parts of the Bible that you just kind of sleep through just because your your seminary teacher doesn't want to focus on it too much because it's too cool. <laughs> I I too remember reading Revelations. Like, wow, there's like a scorpion in this thing that's like the size of a, like a tree or something. This is weird. It's like we don't focus on that. We should all probably disclose as well that. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't all of us uh, ex-Mormon? Yes. Yeah, I think all three of us were born in, uh, born and raised in Mormon households. Jordan yeah. and I um, are 
tried and true Utah Countyers, Utah Countyites. Dang. Utah Wait, did he go on a mission? I can't remember. What was that? No, I didn't go on a mission. I had joined the army instead. Yes, we don't have any uh, missionaries in the house, but yeah, we all did do the uh, we did the dance for a while, as as it were. Jordan was called to serve. Um, <laughs> I, I could have got a plaque, man. I could have got a plaque. Dude, you deserve many plaques. Yeah, um, yeah, that is interesting that none of us ended up getting that far. I don't know if that says anything about us becoming cynical too quickly, but you know, um, I think it's important on how we uh, end up ended up exactly how we are right now in this position here. Because- I actually know um, there was there was a really pivotal moment for me in high school um, where my I think it was my either my he was my my sophomore and junior history teacher. Shout out to Mr. Wyatt, um, great guy, smart. But I remember years ago, and it's something that stuck with me now for uh, 20, 20 years now. Um, and he said that the the truth is bulletproof was the big takeaway, and that you can try to shoot as many holes as you want in the truth and it can withstand that um and that really stuck with me and as far as religion went when i started uh shooting holes in it and asking questions uh those bullet holes were were ever present and ended up growing larger and larger and that's when i was just like you know i'm crunching the numbers and the math just it isn't adding up um i'm out guys Toodaloo. Yep. Yep. Can't undo that. I just started drinking coffee. That was all I needed. <laughs> uh, but that kind of like, but that does lead to us why we kind of did this podcast too, because we have a unique perspective on the world that you're not going to get from most other podcasts because like regionally based too, like there's, we, we were inspired by a lot of other podcasts. Like I know, for example, like Trill Billies and like Kentucky and like Street Fight in Ohio like that like we wanted to kind of bring that sort of perspective to utah as well because i think a lot of people just kind of stare at utah as like this weird place that's just has no real people in it yeah it's weird to hear like people nationally talk about utah um i've like weirdly like bernie did really well here back in 2016 too and i heard people like talk about like like what what's going on in utah like what what's going on what's up with that because people here don't like trump really generally but they hate hillary clinton more and then on the same day that trump had a rally here in a place where they used to hold middle school dance parties bernie had like sixteen thousand people uh at the this is the place park so i was like okay there's got to be like there's there are real people here yeah yeah it was obviously shitty for like every local Democrat to endorse Pete Buttigieg this time around. Not that it mattered anyway, but um, yeah, it can feel like super weird because I don't know, politics here are incredibly unique and strange and it was very easy and has been easy to feel very like, I don't know, man, I thought I was a libertarian at one point because I thought the Democrats sucked and the Republicans sucked and I thought that was the only other option, but I didn't realize that there's a, hey, I'm to the left of Democrats and they really suck. So, you yeah. know, 
And I feel like there's a lot of people in Utah like that, but maybe they just don't know how to articulate it. And I think a lot of that just kind of comes from just being beaten down in the state yep. too, because of how many people do you think in the state like do not vote at all because it's like, Oh, Republicans got it. Who cares? And I think, and I think, I used to be kind of like one of those like super libs too in like 2016. I actually caucus for Hillary because hell yeah, yeah, that'll be my ever living shame. I just that yeah, 2016, troops, dude. Yeah, 2016 broke my brain to the point where like I can never go back. But um, I remember I caucused in Lehigh because uh, I was living there at the time, and there were more Democrats there voting for Bernie than I've ever seen at any sort of like political event ever in in Lehigh of all places. And that's kind of where the, the programming started to shake a little bit, too. It's like, if all these people were coming out for Bernie here, then what do I actually believe in? Because yep. I, I just believe in, like, we just need to get Hillary Clinton elected president, and we'll just keep pushing the can down the road one inch at a time, and then maybe at some point we'll have health care. Yeah, you'd think, huh? I think... Help. I think another thing that really rings true is that if you if you've ever seen SLC Punk, there's a, a scene in the movie where they're talking about um, just how thriving and and just overall like bonkers the punk scene is in Salt Lake City, um, and they talk about why in the movie, and and it's the <clears throat> you know it's the idea of an equal or opposite force. Yep. I think there's something really to that um, in Salt Lake, as well as Utah as a whole, that when you have such a moral majority, you know, you use that analogy of like the town, the, the town in Footloose, where uh, I think a lot of the people can feel really handcuffed and, and repressed, is that you're going to get that opposite force of, in the form of a counterculture that that goes that much harder yeah and i think totally applicable here in salt lake and, and here just across the board in utah is that it might not be an enormous amount of people but the small amount is it's it's so much more uh so strong much more and vocal vehement so much more mm-hmm. adamant because there's almost uh an inferiority complex there Ernie was our Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely was. Yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of stuff here that I feel like, I don't know. No, it kind of leads directly into the protests you've been in Salt Lake for the last two weeks or so, where essentially you have this grand groundswell of support for, for a movement that I never thought actually would get any sort of traction in Utah before. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's a widespread coalition of people that's just coming together for a common cause, and it's never happened in the state before, never, not for not for civil rights and not for racism. It's never happened at this scale. It's unprecedented. Yeah, it's uh, especially that first one. I mean, should we talk about the protests? Because oh yeah, um, yeah, let's, let's jump in. Yeah, because, okay, so obviously um, the protests, that first one in Salt Lake. um, Yeah, so this was the Saturday. Was this the Saturday after George George Floyd's murder or maybe the Saturday? I I can't remember. It was that it was that first big weekend where there was like nationwide protests. There was a small one in Salt Lake on the Friday before, but the really big one was on Saturday. I want to say, I want to say because he was 
George Floyd was murdered on Memorial Day. Correct me if I'm wrong, which was you know a Monday. I believe it was that following Saturday. So yeah, cause, it's five days afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, because it was after like Minneapolis had blown up. And oh after- yeah, and the video came out super quickly, mainly because it was some it was a bystander filming the video, um, right. and not the cops video. So yeah, the protests started that Saturday here, and it was originally scheduled to be a drive-in protest where they wanted to keep everyone in their cars, keep everyone socially distant, and they were gonna like I don't, drive around the precinct like a ton of times. I didn't really understand what the point was, but that quickly like. I mean, at first they were like, try to, if you have a car, drive it. But then everyone's like, no, like, we're not going to drive it. Um, Everyone was wearing masks that I saw, which was good. Um, That was great. And oddly, the cops left everyone alone, like almost the entire, that for like the majority of the day. There were no cops anywhere. Right? Mm -hmm. There were no cops anywhere. Like, um, yeah, so they were inside the, pre- the precinct. So the march started, went to the precinct, um, and the cops just let everyone like do some graffiti, you know, which was a good call on their part because at this point we had already seen incredible like scenes from like Minneapolis and other parts in the city where there were already showdowns with the cops and mm-hmm. tear gas and rubber bullets which I really hate the distinction. Or I hate the name rubber bullets because it's literally a metal chunk covered in rubber. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, certainly... it's, a, it's a rubber coating on a full metal jacket. Yes. Like it's brutal. And they've already done irreparable damage to a lot of people with those things. But anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, a lot of cops just inside. No one, no one out there. There's a lot of graffiti, very peaceful protest, uh, marched up to the Capitol, that whole thing. So many people as well. Saw some Proud Boys there. Swarms of people. Yeah. I was, I've never seen that many people marching in, in Salt Lake before. Not, um, for nothing. Mm-hmm. Not like for the Women's March stuff. Not mm-hmm. for gun control stuff. Which which has both both of which have, have drawn e- enormous crowds. Impressive crowds. Especially mm-hmm. for, for Salt Lake. Which isn't exactly... You know, a huge liberal bastion or, you know, a densely populated city. It's not mm-hmm. a Chicago or a, or, a, or a Philadelphia or a New York or anything like that. Yeah. And especially during a pandemic. I mean, this was the first time I had spent time, like considerable time outside, especially in a group of people. Um, I hadn't really done any of that, but I was like, so I went and I was taking pictures. I was protesting. Um, and all that and went up to um the capital uh bernardo palacios's mom was speaking at the capital as well um calling for justice for her son and um yeah it was all great and then i left downtown because i when we were at the precinct we could see cops starting to get kind of like geared up Uh and so my buddy and i um he's a black dude and we wanted to not i'd I don't know. It's it gets. We saw some videos of black people being targeted in some of the SLC protests with cops going after people. Um, so yeah, we got like we just left, didn't want to get into anything crazy. And as soon as like as we're leaving, my friend, um, I think Jordan, you know him. His name's Sergio. He tweeted, "Just somebody just got run over in front of me." And apparently, there was a car that had driven into protest. Didn't really see anything about that other than on Twitter from like 
DSA folks. Um, so that was strange. But uh, first saw somebody get hit by someone that was mad at the protests, and then a cop car was flipped over and lit on fire. Wait, yeah, somebody lit it on fire. Don't know how. And then uh, hell kind of broke loose. We had all, we had a whole bunch of stuff. Were either of you guys down there at that point? No, no. I left. I left uh, earlier than that because I had caught wind as well that that cops were gearing up and. Uh, you know, I have a, a wife and a child that I have to be responsible for. Um, so I, I bowed out. Yep. Good call. Um, yeah. And then, I, I mean, during this part, we also had the All Lives Matter Archer, um, who, of course, was very, was very infamous where he um, got out of his car. This older gentleman, very troubled, screamed, um, uh, people were like, what the hell are you doing? And he was like, I'm an American. All lives matter. And then he pulled out a compound bow, um, loaded up uh, a round and tried to aim into the crowd and shoot someone with a, with a hunting bow. So that was great. I think it's been, it's been a few weeks and I still just can't get over the irony of screaming all lives matter. Like second. Aiming, yeah. Yeah, seconds before you attempt murder. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen anything like that. At the very least, like, attempt assault with a deadly weapon. Yep. Well, that was just, like, that guy did not have all his dogs barking anyway, because you can tell from, like, every interview he gave after that, too, especially the one he gave, like, Fox, like, the The one where he gave where he was only wearing his garments, that one? Yeah, he was just rocking the Jesus jammies, man. Yeah. That was crazy. Was great. Which, like, yeah, man, that that sucked. There's so much cognitive dissonance there, where the, where a man can do something like that, and there there are are videos like his videos, those, those videos of him literally went viral, mm-hmm. and were getting mainstream media coverage. Yep. On every like national, yeah. And MSNBC, Fox, it was all over Twitter. It was all over Facebook, um, which is just, it was just full-fledged documented evidence of, of like a very, of a very egregious crime that's being committed. And like right afterwards, this guy is doing interviews with a local news anchor for Fox 13. Like yep. I just- Instantly. I, I, and then straight up lied about it. My brain yeah. absolutely yeah. and pour out my nose. And, and yeah. then I just completely made up the whole part. Like, I was jumped by two black guys. And- yeah, he straight up said, well, yeah, in the interview, he said, I was, um, I said, all lives matter. And I was, I was pulled out of my car by two African-American black men is what he said. And um, beaten up. <laughs> that video shows just a bunch of white people beating the shit out of him. There were a lot of black people at that protest because, I mean, obviously, Utah, Salt Lake, Utah in general, not a very diverse place, but like for this type of thing, like you start to see like, oh, there's actual like diversity in Utah. There were a lot of people there, but like the people that beat the shit out of him were all white people who were like, of course, like this guy just tried to like kill people. So he should get his shit kicked in and people lit his car on fire too, I think. So William William told. (laughs) Yeah, his car, RIP his car. And yeah. by heart, I mean, in piss. I mean, he did um, some like he, yeah, he tried to say like he apologized and he's like, I want people to know I'm not racist or whatever. And it's like, 
And but also then, the cops, the cops didn't arrest him for a few days. Yeah, it went almost a week without him getting arrested. So like, yeah, the cops know. waited a while. Like that's like the, the fallback of, of afterwards him saying that he wasn't racist and people actually dug into his Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was and, very um, racist. There's talking a, about, was, like how he wanted to go back and, and kill Obama and calling Obama a monkey and just yeah. all of these like horribly racist things all through his all through his Facebook page. So right. again, and the classic, yeah, my brain melts. Dude, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that guy other than just like it was so troubling to see. He was tro- he was super troubled. It was troubling to see like how he was acting, but he like genuinely thought he was doing like a a service of some kind. I don't know because so we were kind of monitoring on Twitter throughout the day because there were some people who were tweeting like anytime like Governor Herbert tweeted or like any politician, people would be like, "Deal with those protesters or right." I guess they call them like rioters or looters. If you don't deal with them, like we're gonna come down there and deal with them. And so I kind of expected some psycho to show up, but I really didn't expect it to be somebody with a bow and arrow. Um, that was crazy. You're talking about like the, the Desnat guys who were like talking like, we're going to go in Fuck there. the Desnat guys. Like we should do, we could do, we should probably eventually do an episode on Desnat when I learn more about them. I straight yeah. up like, yeah, I, I fucking hate those absolute losers because they're all anonymous. Um, Oh, they're never gonna do it. People like cause... Spencer Cox follow some of those accounts too. By the way, um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by that at all. Good old uh, Suge Knight tweeted out um, one of those accounts, and like she's like, I got mutuals with this, with this guy, and so did I. And it was one of them was Spencer Cox, and I was like, of course, <laughs> of course, of course, he follows a Desnat guy, and it was like the guy had a tweet. What atonement in 2020? Mm-hmm. Well, they're the guys who really wish like the Utah war would have happened. Like we would have mm-hmm. whipped the U.S. Army's ass in 1850. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not why we had to bury the temple for four years because we were afraid they were going to burn it. But and you know what? They, we would have taken them. Dude, these guys killed a bunch of Native Americans in Utah and thought they could take on the U.S. Army. It was, uh, man. Anyway, yeah, you know, just the worst. The Desnat the, people are the worst. Oh, yeah. There's a difference between like murdering an unarmed wagon train and like a bunch of people in a protest apparently yep. yeah. i dude i don't know what where that does not thing came from or who started that and i almost feel stupid talking about it because like i feel stupid talking or giving them any attention on twitter just because they're all such losers but like man i wonder it's just like all these guys that are just like just normal Mormon dudes who have like a secret Twitter account where like they would probably oh, sure. never terror they would probably know never tell their wives what they're up to on Twitter, which is just sure. like arguing with like teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm sure that's it too because they're essentially just Mormon proud boys. Like they really they are. are. That's exactly it's nationalism. That, that's literally in the name too, except it's like nationalism and support like. Deseret should be a nation. Deseret nationalism. It's Utah nationalism. It's the weird. It's it's Mormon nationalism. It's so strange. Like yeah, like a a, a state that wouldn't exist if the railroads didn't come through. Yeah. Like we were yeah, Deseret was doing great by itself. Yeah. Anyway, so shifting gears, but also kind of staying on track since we've talked about um, a little bit of of local media with the uh, Archer guy. We should also probably talk about some of the the dishonesty that we've 
that has oh, been yeah. uncovered about uh, good old police police chief Brown. Are he's you so talking, he sucks so bad. Are you talking about his Black Hawk Down fantasy? Okay, not only that, but I was thinking about this. Do you guys remember during um during the uh, Occupy at Washington Square for like um like I, I can't remember what it was called the oh it was uh it was the oh what was it called no it was like the homeless program it was for homelessness but I can't remember yeah, what the yeah, actual oh it was I, I can't remember right now but. Uh... It was like, oh, Take Shelter Coalition. Take Shelter, yeah. So Mm -hmm. during that, it was all like, there were people posted up at Washington Washington Square and it was all fine. The cops came in and like just trashed everything, like beat down all the tents, like just threw garbage everywhere, like ripped away everything and just trashed all all of it. Then the SLCD, SLCPD posted pictures of like, the grounds after it was completely destroyed or and all the tents were like just thrown everywhere and they were like basically just said like look how messy these these homeless people are and like look at these protesters and look what like how look how they trashed this place and so we're cleaning this up right now even though they're the ones who fucking caused the mess and that was after they kettled everyone in the park that was after they they marched on them with mariah police that's after they arrested a few people and all that didn't allow anyone to leave either and it's and that was Aaron the day before Aaron Mendenhall's inauguration too. Good start. So it was it was pretty much like Chief Brown just flexing on the city, especially on Mendenhall too. It was like, I run this town, you don't. Jackie's so, gone. Let's build a Berkner moment. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the thing the thing that still <clears throat> is just the thing that's grinding my gears, guys. <laughs> it's just the the just the the absolute performative horseshit that we saw from from Chief Brown, where my uh, my Twitter feed was just littered with local journalists talking about this wonderful moment of of Police Chief Brown um, and, and some of his squad uh, <clears throat> hugging protesters and taking taking a knee in solidarity, that, uh, that, and then that, and then hold on. Uh, and then, and then, literally uh, a few hours later, goes on Fox News and tells an absolutely blatant lie about having to rescue an officer out of the burning vehicle to just totally gaslight the the protest and and shine an even more negative light that, that that's already been shown, and it's. Uh, uh, it was just, it was infuriating. It was disgusting to see. And, and it, it brings me to the point where you, I think we as, as Utahns and just as Americans, we have to stop with these feel go- good bullshit stories of like cops hugging, hugging protesters and, and, and whatever other like feel good theater they want to perform because that's all it is. It's a performance. These are the same people that will, they will hug you. And then in the next breath, shoot you in the eye with a rubber bullet. Yep. Oh yeah. But on top of that too, it's that, that kneeling moment of like chief Brown, I've never seen a man look more uncomfortable in all my life. than he was at that moment. Like, mm-hmm. no one in that picture was in, like, a, you know what? This is natural. This is normal. Mm-hmm. Steve Brown was like, take the fucking picture. I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. 
Yeah, yeah, man, that was okay. So it started with, I mean, they, of course, everyone was so upset with how the first day of protests went. And then um, there was a protest the following day and then the Monday after. And the Monday one, they were like, after Chief Brown was like, I mean, at that protest, I was there and people were like chanting kneel with us or whatever. And at this point, all the National Guard had been rolled out. There were cops just everywhere constantly. This was when Kirk had been in... Uh... Had been yeah, I think that was the yeah that was the first day of the curfew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, yeah, this was the first day of the curfew. So it was eight o'clock curfew, um, and which they first day of the the curfew was that Saturday night that they instituted, and then kept it going through Sunday, Monday, all the way supposed to be to the next Friday. And Chief Brown that after that Monday was like, I couldn't be happier with how the protests went, which not a good sign. Um, first of all. There was one cop who was kneeling with the protesters, um, who's a Latino guy. Um, and some people were like really stoked about it. And I saw some gentlemen who were very much not stoked about it. And as they shouldn't be, because it's not only is it stupid to like try to act in solidarity with cops, but to have them performatively kneel, which is uh, how they killed George Floyd, um, is one of the most like ridiculous, disgusting things. So. Yeah, don't tell a There's cop to me. I think, I think we're past that. I'm not seeing much of that anymore. But I mean, dude, I had so many friends that were like, um, for sure. I mean, people mean well, I get it. But when you're sharing stuff like of that Flint police chief who's like, who takes off his riot gear or whatever, and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna march with you guys. Cool, do that, whatever, I guess. But then he's like, we're gonna turn this from a protest into a parade. I was like, bro, that's the no, that's not the point. Like, yeah, the point is a. What is a protest if it's a parade? Like it's nothing. Yeah, if your protest, yeah, if your protest makes people in power comfortable, you've done it all wrong. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Shut the fuck up. Uh, everyone's saying like you're not protesting the right way. You're never going to be protesting the right way. If you're ever protesting the right way, then it's not a protest, according to these. Yeah. Like, if anyone's Which, happy with how you're protesting, like Kaepernick kneeled, that wasn't the right way. Okay, so. Yeah, the- the march on Birmingham would have gone a whole lot better if Bull Connor would have just taken a knee with MLK. Yeah. Which brings me to the point of like, even locally, you know, we've seen, we've seen Aaron Mendenhall waffle on her stance on defunding the police and and then even in the latest uh, Republican uh, governor debate, all of the candidates talked about actually uh, increasing funding which is the exact opposite of, of what we want. We keep, we keep hearing and, and, and seeing this, this literature and these videos and, and these tweets saying, we hear you, we hear you, but nothing's actually being done. Which brings me to the point of, again, like, like, like Kyle and Jordan both said, like if you're protesting the right way, then you're not protesting. So yeah. there needs to be no more scheduled protests, no more of this happy-go-lucky bullshit because if you want actual like effective sustainable change you have to sit hit the city where it hurts you mm. have to plug major city arteries i want to see marches up and down seventh east yeah uh, exactly down, the, the route can't be planned with the cops the route can't be planned with the cops and like exactly. there's got to be something in between a literal performative march around the city that's coordinated with cops around very sparsely like marching around parts of down like most of downtown on a weeknight where there's like no one really downtown anyway other than like the few people that live in like those big condo towers like around main street it's like 
what is who is this for i mean it's great hearing speakers it's i mean i you know it's just there's got to be something in between that and then like full chaos anarchy and i get what that's hard to do because like and it's hard to coordinate these things because there's not one person in charge there's a lot of different groups that are trying to get involved and you know there's nothing that can immediately replace the police so like if like we're not gonna like completely chaos our way into the abolition of police departments right now but like there's got to be something more uncomfortable for the city than than this my point is that you have to cut into the city's pockets you have to you, you have to create enough of a ruckus and make enough people uncomfortable for there to be any sort of sustainable, systematic, or systemic change. Yep. I mean, burning, Birmingham bus strike was, was a strike that lasted an entire year. You've got to dig your heels in, and you've got to, you've got to be in it for the long haul. Yep. I, seventh East has got to, be the, got to be the move. I don't know. I mean, I've gone to I've gone to a lot of protests at this point, and the the more the ones that were far more um, uh, let they weren't feeling anemic most of the time. Were the PSL ones? I thought they did a really good job. PSLs there's a lot of good good people in the party for socialism and liberation. Shout out um, to those guys. Yeah, because there we had a lot of good. I mean, those those felt pretty solid. I think it gets a little too like liberal at times with some of the other ones um a lot of reformation uh like vibes going on i went to, I went to the one on on sunday which was like the blm pride um i guess yeah, it, was, it was like the yeah March. pride black lives matter it was, it was cool it was it was it was cool to see people come together there was a lot of unity there was a big crowd um but again it was a planned route and uh at the end of the day that's not gonna that's not gonna solve anything that's not gonna change anything and ultimately that's something that the city and the cops will let people do 365 days a year yep the protest of the plan up with a planned route's just a parade yes exactly but I, I think also a good avenue of like going after is we've seen how Mayor Mendenhall can essentially be bowed by just yelling at her a lot mm-hmm. because she's just a bike path mayor. Like she just wants to build bike paths and call it good and make uh, Salt Lake more livable for like PMC people who love to use bicycles and closing streets so people can run them and things like that. That's all she wants to do. Our, but if you yeah. yell at her enough, she'll she'll bend. Like she's already showed that. A little Are bit. our police in a union here? Is there is it like a national union? Yeah, or it's a there... it's an FOP lodge okay. that they they belong to. I mean, honestly, the more like more of these have gone on. I mean, we've seen some good progress in other cities as well. Utah, like Salt Lake, not really being one of them. I know they supposedly cut three percent or whatever from the police budget, but really they just put that money aside. It's not actually cut from the police. It's just like segmented away and they can give it back to the police. I don't really understand that. But um, a lot of these mayors really are just like mascots for the the police department. Like they're what we've learned more than anything else is that they're completely unaccountable to anyone. All of these um, cops in every city, like they're not accountable to literally there's no democratic accountability. And like the weird like american tradition of like worshiping your own like internal rebel but somehow also worshiping like 
anyone in a fucking uniform is the craziest thing that I do not understand. Like there are so many people willing to defend the cops and dude, okay. I got to find this reply I saw on Twitter. It was like the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. And I know that's like, Oh no, no, you're good. Oh my God. What did, what did they say? Okay. Someone responded to the mayor. She said, for those wondering if SLC gov has heard your message. Absolutely. We have. There are so many ways for the city to affect change when it comes to racial injustice. Budgets are one piece. Here's what else the city's looking at. And then a bunch of bullshit. Um, also, keeping this uh, specifically focused on race is is bad um, because we know how much like the police department in general targets like it's they target poor communities, which we know are disproportionately black and brown that but like keeping it like getting them off the hook these people are getting let off the hook simply because they can say racism is bad. And that's no. Yeah. Cause Mendenhall was one of the first people to sign off on, on the, the eight can wait sort of yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. The, which is we, just pretty much means tested police brutality. Like yep. we can lower it by 72%, which means 28% still acceptable amount of police violence. So if you get your head cracked over mm-hmm. with a nightstick, I'm sorry, you're just that unlucky 28%. And it's insane that those things aren't like the eight that can't wait or whatever. How are none of those things already like the standard? But anyway. Most of them are. That's I know. The, that's like, most like of chokeholds are. are banned. We know this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chokeholds are barred. Like a lot of departments do like anti-bias training. A lot of them do like diversity training. But guess what? As long as you have a police department that thinks they're completely unaccountable to anything else, that shit's not going to matter. Because exactly. like... It, like anything else, they're just going to go in there. Like, I know what answers I have to give. So I can only sit in this class for four hours and then I can leave and go do my job that I think I'm going to have to do. So I'm not even going to pay attention. I'm going to just dick around on my phone the entire time and then just answer the standard questions because I know exactly what I need to say. And then I'm out. Okay. And then I get this oh piece of paper that says I complied with the training. So whenever I accidentally kill a minority with, with my service weapon with a taser or anything like that my chief gets the way of that piece of paper like he went through the training we don't understand it yeah okay so first thing um what the hell is up with these people thinking there's some part of some silent majority it's hilarious that trump got like 30 something percent of americans to vote for him and like or, or was it even that? Like, okay, so he got anyway. Calling anything it's, related to Trump the silent majority is one of like the most embarrassing things ever. It's literally a Nixon tactic. Okay. Like, um, okay, it comes straight from like the 1960s and 70s, where like Nixon would just go like, you know, you see the protests on the streets, but the silent majority's behind me. Okay. Yeah, this guy sucks. Anyway, so. This guy who responded to Mendenhall for saying that thing about like just super basic reforms. I just went to his account. In memory of our God, our religion, our freedom, and our peace, our wives and our children, constitutional, conservative, pro-God, pro-life, pro-gun, hashtag 2A. I'm very pro-wives guy. Yeah, he's a big wives guy. Just put 1488. We know what you mean. I know. Dude, his his profile picture is the Betsy Ross flag. His most recent retweet is... I mean, guy, they won't even let me fuck it. <laughs> he has a pinned retweet, I think, and it's from Tommy Laren. Um, oh, if you oh thought, yeah, he's that guy, the guy who, who pins his own retweets. Yeah, and so Dana Loesch is his second tweet tweet down, and then the third one is Tommy Laren again. A lot of Tommy Laren. Jim Jordan, amazing. How do people still like – anyway, so this is this guy said, 
what his response was, was if you cut the budget for the Salt Lake City Police Department, Aaron Mendenhall, don't be surprised when we fight back against your tyranny. I like what I don't I like I can't even begin to understand how that even what the mental fucking gymnastics go into. Man, if there are less people in the government that carry guns, we will end your tyranny. Dude. Dude. They're all just cosplaying as Mel Gibson's character uh, in The Patriot. Yes. But, except- but, like, but like as racist as Mel Gibson is in real life. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, yes. he's like- it's like, what the hell? Like, what do you think tyranny is? It's why do these people love cops so much? I do not understand. It's infinitely more dangerous to be working in a meatpacking plant right now. And I oh. don't see like, why... What? Like, I do not understand why these people, why cops in general are so, like, just fucking weak and just whining all the time. Like, oh, quit your job, loser. I do not care. Um, because they, they, the people that really support the cops but still say they're, like, these anti-government people and all that know exactly what the police stand for. Like, it's, it's, it's they know that it's just yeah. supposed to be protecting capital. That's literally the only, I mean, I, I know, I think it's, it's probably been talked about a bunch, but like, that's the only reason the police get so much money. Like, everything else is on the chopping block except for police departments. Like, uh, all of our loser local representatives or whatever. Oh, because of coronavirus, we're going to have to cut, make some cuts on education. We're already like 49th in, or 50th in per student we're, spending we're in education. First. Per student spending. We are... 51st? We are 51st. After who, Puerto Rico? How are we, of, I mean, uh, oh, after DC. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we we're literally out of 50 states, we're 51st Incredible. in education spending. So that's always on the, chop, on the chopping block. But like these people will never consider one, raising taxes on all the like endless amounts of tech companies that are moving here from California, but two, cutting any police department funding. Like it's fucking insane. And it's we, insane. And just think about this. In the last 40 years, we have seen a crime collapse nationwide. Globally. Like Globally. global crime. And, and like a lot of it, I, a lot of it might have to do with like um, literal like regulations about lead, like pe- lead not being in people's brains as much as it was in the late, like in the 80s, 90s. But like, yeah. yeah, we're at a global low on crime, like for the last hundred years. Yeah, and, and <laughs> police budgets just keep going up too, especially after 9-11, because every single police department needs an M2 Bradley fighting vehicle now in, yeah. order, to, in order to go to a certain place and use a 30 millimeter chain gun to just blow up the building instead of just risking an officer's life. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it really is insane. Just I, And they still think they're like the most, like they're the most... Uh, people in peril that you could possibly be like they don't even place like the top 10th and dangerous occupations at all like mm-hmm. pizza men are or pizza delivery people are way more are way more in harm's way than police officers yeah and uh, yeah sanitation greg, workers yeah greg mentioned it but like that whole thing about they want to be in danger so badly so like that oh, whole fake rescue that supposedly happened. So Mike Brown or whatever went on TV and he purposely was like really ambiguous about his wording. And he said, like, we had to pull the officer out. And then they're like, then the news basically was like, they had to rescue an officer from the burning car. And then everyone was like, no, there was like hundreds of videos of this event. There was no burning 
car with an officer inside. And he was like, oh, actually, they responded on Twitter. And they're like, oh, he didn't say that he had to be rescued from a car. There was someone in the vicinity that needed to be rescued. I'm like, there were, like, just people walking everywhere. No one needed to be rescued. Fuck. Yeah, if there was a rescue of a cop from that, they would have had video of that on every news station in the world mm-hmm. with, like, with like Hans Zimmer music behind it. There's too. cameras like, everywhere on that corner. They, had, they were pulling, they, they're looking for people that were like burn the car or whatever. And they had camera angles of all these people. So clearly there would have been something about the cop being like just miraculously rescued. That was such bullshit, dude. I, I can, hated I that. I can almost so guarantee they staged that car there too. It was, I mean, honestly, probably it was right on the corner. It was just sitting there on Fourth South, where the protest, where the march went, like twice. Yeah, and it was, was just one, sitting there. Yeah, it was one of the old like Impalas that the city hasn't used for a yeah. while too. And, and yeah, it's absolutely a peaceful protest to burn an empty cop car. Like that's just, I don't give a shit. It's like, it honestly seems like the the police just like left it there too. It's like if they burn it, we'll we'll get the right to go in there and crack some heads. And they did. They pushed over that old man. They did, luckily didn't crack that dude's head. But they, I remember uh, I was watching the footage of it later on too, and I saw like this U of U police officer just like grab like it couldn't have been older than like eighteen or nineteen year old girl by the ponytail and just slam her to the to the ass. Yeah, man, that shit's so annoying. And then of course, like so many people just like being like condemning the looting or whatever. And it's just like shut the fuck up. Like you, I heard, I saw the term property violence used more than once, which is just a ridiculous thing to say. Um, I'll, just, I'll say this, and 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 if you are more worried about how po- people are protesting instead of why people are protesting, you're part of the problem. You just get your telling on yourself, man. But it, it's you really to be replaced. Window and stuff. You know what can't be replaced? George Floyd and Breonna Taylor's life. Yep. Bernardo no. Palacio's life cannot be replaced. But it, it's it's really telling about how cities are in this country nowadays. Because cities are built around real estate development and protecting of property rights within those too. Because real estate developers usually have more power inside cities than actual governments do at this point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and that's and that's why the police get all the funding too because the real estate developers want that police protection. Man, yeah, the looting discussion like so many people were like trying to like individually parse out events of like so you, you like you're seeing you're seeing footage of looting that's happening or whatever or like property damage or vi- property violence, sorry. Um, and people are trying to individually parse out like who's a good faith actor like oh this white person did this is that good is it bad because it's like for black lives matter and it's just like you just fucking lose when you when you get into that conversation with yourself so like it doesn't matter like any of that stuff so much of that is insured anyway and unless you're like actively speaking out against like any state-sponsored violence then like i don't care what you have to say about any of this stuff not to mention the actual corporate looting that's taking place right now um as you know we are all going to be working for amazon in the next 10 years anyway so like right. just shut up about that <laughs> seriously yeah, i hate that so much 
Yeah, we're all but, just head towards like Judge Dredge and mega cities at dude, this point now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw so someone from SLC Dunk. Is that what that, that thing's called? SLC Dunk. Anyway, yeah, they they wrote a, someone from there wrote an article that was like absolute garbage. Yeah, their article was whatever. It was just pretty like you know run of the mill racism's bad or whatever, and like we need to be like as Utahns look at our like racism. Just because you went on a mission doesn't mean you're not racist. Um, and some guy was like, yes, totally agree. And I like, we should be leaving room for those who are upset by the looting, but also for those who are mad at racism. I'm like, what the fuck are any of you talking about? Like, it doesn't matter. None of this, like, if you feel conflicted about stuff, that's fine. But if, if you don't have, if you have stronger words for looting than you do for literally anything else, like related to actual violence, then I just do not think you are it acting in good faith at all or have yeah, really not evaluated person. why you think no, no, you, you haven't evaluated why you think the way you do you don't deserve attention yeah no you deserve to be shunned you deserve not to be talked to you deserve to be put in a corner uh the same way i i put my two-year-old in a corner when he was throwing a tantrum yeah just losers i hate it so much um <laughs> So uh, but that's all the protest stuff, I think. I mean, yeah, T- take us away, Greg. I was going to say, um, since we're on the topic of uh, SLC dunk and just like shitty sports fans in Utah, uh, let's shift the gears and talk about uh, local sports teams. Hell yeah. We love and, the sports. And the, I mean, the big thing um, that had me really uh, down in the dumps, really triggering my depression um, was – Every single Utah team, uh, the Jazz, I shouldn't say every single Utah team, but uh, the three major teams in BYU, the Utah Jazz, and the University of Utah came out um, in support of Black Lives Matter, did the, uh, made posts using their, their, their players and their student athletes um, in solidarity. Um, I thought the videos were really nice and it was, it was, you know, for the most part, good to see. It's still, you know, basic university corporate speak, but yeah, um, definitely better than, than staying silent or, or issuing a, uh, a statement like the New York Knicks, which sucks. You Um, literally just have to draw a line. I can't remember who it was that said that video, but it's just like, I know all this shit is kind of, it's PR stuff. And of course it's PR stuff and we all get that, but you still have to draw a line. That's going to be like, yeah, if you like, if you have these tendencies, like this isn't like a a cool place for you to be hanging out. Especially with athletic departments in professional sports leagues who uh, employ and or uh, give scholarships mostly to African-American athletes. Yep. Um, yeah, I think you absolutely have to have to make a stand. Um, the response, however, to uh, said stances to to the videos and the uh, <laughs> the written statements uh, kind of made me want to just like jump off a bridge. That good, huh? It was. I mean, it was just. I mean, it was very typical. Um, Utah response, um, a lot of like milk toast, uh, liberal stuff like, oh, this yeah. is so wonderful. We fixed racism, mm-hmm. uh, hand clap emojis, um, uh, 
sparkling apple juice uh, sipping moms. I say that because we don't have a whole lot of wine moms in Utah. That is true. Um, <laughs> a lot of Mar- Martinelli moms. Martinelli moms. I love that. Yeah, man. That. It was a, it, It's frustrating because, like, I mean, these type of comment sections are accessible regardless, but, like, sure. I mean, and obviously a lot of teams deal with it, but, like, we have a reputation here, and the worst thing about having that reputation is, like, people deny it, deny it, deny it, like, regardless. Like, when the thing with Russell Westbrook happened, like, people denied it. People denied nice. that it was ever a problem. But we had, like, how many players have, like, spoken out? Of- yeah. Same thing. No, it, it, yeah, just think about how many players have said that they've gone into the Delta Center, Vivint, whatever they want to call it this week or anything like that, and have said that they've come under racial slurs. I know Matt Barnes had said it. I know Stephen Jackson said it. Richard Jefferson had said it. Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook had said it twice. A former Utah Jazz player, Richard Jefferson. Yeah. And it's it's incredible. It's it's incredible how often like we have to deal with this because we it seems like it's almost like an annual basis now at this point. Racist gonna, fans says something. I've heard, but I was a um I was a former uh, uh, season ticket holder with my family. Um, we had we had decent seats in the lower bowl that we all just pitched in and 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 bought. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff that that I heard especially in playoff games um, when the intensity is, is at a fever pitch. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's blatant, it's real, it's documented. Uh, and I don't think you can, you can no longer just uh, put blinders on. There's too much, there's, there's such a growing body of evidence that you have to, it, it's time to kind of look inward and see who the, who the problem is. And the, the, the sad thing is, is that the like the majority of people aren't seeing it that way. They, people here will never, like, somebody at that protest had a sign that said, Utah, the, like, nicest racism nicest ever. Racism. Yeah. Yes, and it was, it was, welcome to Utah, the nicest racism you'll ever experience. Yeah, and it really is, because, like, no one here thinks, okay, so I, man, like, and there's different kinds of that type of thing, but like, um, I mean, I was just going through the, some like that post and for the Utah Jazz, we cannot be silent. Black Lives Matter, and just some, like uh, one comment. I'm disappointed with the Jazz. I like. I feel like you could have handled this a lot better. Like what? And it's just, dude. Just there's thousands of comments on here, and it's just, yeah. oh my, all And it's either either they're going to just outright dismiss it, or they're going to like put qualifiers on it. Like, yeah. there will be the type of people who say, like, well, you know, I like the message of Black Lives Matter, but I just can't support that organization. I can't, as yeah, if, Marxist like, organization, yeah. Yeah, as if Black Lives Matter is, one, a significant organization to begin with, because there's no real leadership to it at all. There's Dude, no real organization there. Have you seen what Tucker Carlson's been saying about Black Lives Matter? said, like, there's, like, this is an unprecedented amount of power being turned over to an organization. I was like, what power? Like, this is this is literally 1960s stuff from like Ezra Taft Benson who used to go out there and write things like, well, I think the civil rights movement's kind of just a front for the Soviet Union. Dude. Right. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is the same fucking playbook that they've always used. But like, this is what the Utah Jazz brought race into this. We don't have to have everything politicized. Literally stick to sports. Gee, it's 
Okay, mm-hmm. which, yeah, which of course we're going to talk about. But it's like, what the fuck? Why, one, why do people think anything is non-political? Everything is political. Maybe you yeah. hang out with like your friends or your family. Maybe that's not. But literally everything in life is influenced by politics. And like the only time people complain about it is when it's some shit they don't like. And it's usually around black and brown people. And they've, they're being told that maybe like, how the fuck could you be offended by somebody saying black lives matter? Like, only if you what? don't think black lives matter. Yeah, the only reason would be that you are that you're offended. And if you're offended then why do you think that is? Go ahead. No, but I love that people will say that. He was like, "You know what? It's not good for an NBA team to politicize things. Look at all the arenas around here. Wisconsin essentially mortgaged their entire university system to build the bucks that beer barrel arena that they have now. <laughs> like they destroyed the UW system." just so the Bucks could have a little bit nicer place to play. Yeah. And like the same thing with Utah too. Like think about what, yeah, think about what the Jazz had to do to get the, to get the Delta Center remodeled too. That was what, 200 million right there? Yeah. And how much of the city front for that? Don't even know. It's, like, it's all politics. Mm-hmm. The thing, I, 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 not the thing, but a thing that uh, was really, uh, a, a huge bummer is obviously all three of us being jazz fans are big Donovan Mitchell fans. Um, and seeing Donovan Mitchell go into the comment section and start replying to the uh, all lives matter crowd, just, just really uh, hate it. brought home despair. And guys, I, I, I tweeted about this too. Um, that like, People wonder why there's such a stigma around Utah. And like, they wonder why we can't, we're never in the running for big name free agents, despite uh, consistently over the past uh, 25 years being competitive. Not talking about the Ty Corbin era. We're not going to yeah. bring that up ever again on this show. Um, but for the most part, the Jazz have been a good team. Yep. And, 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 uh, are the envy of a lot of small markets in the league. They, they do things right. Um, I think Dennis Lindsay has, has done a wonderful job building this roster. Um, and for, I mean, for the majority, for, for the most part, the jazz win games, but they always seem to be like that, that piece away. They're always that bridesmaid. And, and you wonder why, why that is and why they can't seem to land that big name free agent um, and, and why they just can't move forward. And it's because the majority of people don't want to play here. Yep. Yeah. Outside of Salt Lake City not being this glamorous destination, the fact of the matter is, is that Salt Lake City is littered with super racist people despite how nice they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like Tory Hunter coming out recently and just saying too, like, I had a no trade clause with Boston my entire career because I would never play in Boston because (laughs) every single time I play in Boston, I've been called slurs. I've been treated horribly there. I would never play there by choice. And like Like, our players see these comments. Yeah. Our players see these comments. They know. Fans are racist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gotta be better. Yeah. Our players see all the comments. They read all of these and like so my friend brian tweeted out he's like a photographer friend of mine he tweeted out and he i think he's he like takes photos of the jazz sometimes and i think some of the jazz players follow him but he said the comments underneath this post are unacceptable 
tweeted out screenshots from the thing and Donovan responded like SMH. So like, no, it's I don't like, know, man. I mean, this goes back to the early days too. Like think about Dominique Wilkins not wanting to come play for the jazz despite being right, drafted exactly. by them. And yep. you, you can't tell me it's because like, Oh, I just don't like Utah. It probably had nothing to do with the fact it was just four years removed from the dominant religion in the state. Finally acknowledging that African Americans are human beings. Yep. It's like, yeah. Like, you can't tell me these don't, things don't have an impact on that. It, it's insane to me. And it, it kind of takes me back to the Andy Larson tweet, too, where he said, like, I can't understand why Utahns don't see that there's systematic racism everywhere. And then every single comment underneath there was like, there is no systematic racism here. I don't know what you're talking about. Dude. Despite, despite Utah um, being one of the most gerrymandered states in in the nation like my representative is chris stewart who who represents uh Saint Salt Lake. and then for some reason like uh also represents uh duchene county wait chris stewart's your rep you live in the a- abs yeah what the Our, hell? yeah yeah what? my and greg's uh, rep is chris stewart in the entire congressional district goes from like the avenues swings around the rest of salt lake city and goes all the way down to saint george yeah Whoa. And not just that, so, so gerrymandering is, is exhibit A of institutional racism, where you're trying to keep large swaths of the same type of people in a population together to, to uh, garner the votes to win, which is just inherently racist to begin with, because it's, it, it, we've seen throughout the years that it um, benefits mostly white people and mostly Republicans. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You can go in and, and look at it and crunch the numbers yourself. At um, least we have a absolute warrior in Antifa hero, Ben McAdams, uh, ready to fight against it. Dude, okay. So that's one of my least favorite things about the conversation of institutional racism. And it's a talking point. I don't know who came up with it or whatever. I've, I've heard Ben Shapiro say it a bunch of times. But it's the whole, like, point me to a racist law and I will fight it with you. But there's no such thing as institutional racism because if it's institutional, that means it's legalized. And if it's legalized, that means it's written down as a law. And if you can't point me to one of those things, then as if there's no such thing as a disparate impact that a law could potentially have on certain communities. So when we think about literally the justice system and um, sentencing disparities, we have the education system and the way we fund education system based on property taxes, um, can't imagine how that would impact how that would impact uh, poorer communities. That seems like um, which, which to that point, Kyle. Another uh, we've already talked about Exhibit A um, in gerrymandering. Exhibit B of institutional racism in Utah is that, especially in Salt Lake City, is Salt Lake City is still one of the cities in America that is redlined. Yep. Yep. And, and you wonder why their school, schools on the west side aren't as funded as schools on the east side. It's because of these red line and people not being having access to capital and being able to, to grow their wealth uh, substantially um, and, and, and build nicer homes in nicer neighborhoods. I mean, look, look who's, who, look who's experiencing, yeah, look who's experiencing the vast majority of, um, of coronavirus deaths and and exactly. contracting coronavirus in this whole state. One, it's the Navajo Nation, first of all, but two, the vast majority are Latino or people of color who are working or working class people who have been deemed essential who are like continuing to having to work through all this. Yeah, 
it's incredible that like the Hispanic community makes up 14% of the state, but also makes up 40% of the COVID cases. Like what the hell? Uh, like or, it's because or, it's because they're expendable to us. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I, I still have to go to McDonald's and I expect people to serve me there and I expect yeah. my lessers to serve me there. And, and, and that's what it is. I, I remember I saw like an interaction with like Todd Weiler on, on Twitter too, by the way, huge piece of shit. I totally <laughs> falls in the hole or something. Parody, non-actionable. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and he pretty much just like, someone pushed him out there. He was like, what are you doing for the Hispanic community, especially in, during this time too? They're making up the, they're making up a plurality of cases in Utah. And he pretty much says something like, Oh well, we we translated the the handouts into Spanish. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's. Oh. We do just enough to not appear racist. Literally, just the worst people. I hate them so much. Yeah, and the, and also and also back true. to the redlining thing too. I kind of want to give like a little bit of a history lesson here. Redlining yes. goes back to a New Deal program where, essentially an organization called the homeowners loan corporation was drawing up maps of pretty much most major cities in the country. And they would draw maps saying who could refinance their homes in order to keep, mm. in order to keep themselves from foreclosing. What they did was they drew marginal communities or less as red, which meant that those people weren't going to be able to refinance their homes based off of the property value of them. Now the maps exist of Salt Lake city. Still, you're never going to believe where the red areas are. <laughs> It's Rose Park. It's West Valley. It's every place that you heard in high school was the quote ghetto areas. Yep. And this was the 1930s. Which again, another another uh, example of the nice racism that you experience in Utah is is the jokes with with people that you hear is like, oh, I've got to go to West Valley, and then the response is, make sure to bring your bulletproof vest. Yeah, heard that one. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, or, or, or referring to like Rose Park or Glendale as like, oh, that's so, that's so ghetto, which oh, is yeah. thinly veiled racism. And, yeah, we, and, and, we, and we know exactly what they mean because like there are actual like black and brown people and like minorities who live there, and that right there is exactly the type of sheltered racism that we've been talking about on Twitter for a really, really long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But people don't want to look at that, too, because a lot of them are like, well, I spent two years in Brazil telling them their culture was bad. So, you know, <laughs> I understand what racism is not, because I'm not racist, because I, I preach to them. Listen, man, if you spend two years doing colonialism, you are forever cleansed of racism. Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean, uh, that works. That's that's science, man. So, I mean, there I've seen so many of those comments on like a lot of those a lot of our sports teams posts. That's like, there's no such thing as institutional racism or systemic racism because there's no law that says you can discriminate or whatever. Yeah. Um, also, right. we should, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just it, absurd. It, it's pretty much people like thinking that if you get pulled over by the cop, you automatically have to get a ticket every single time. Yeah, as oh. if there's not selective enforcement of everything. Yeah, of course. It's yeah, and uh, even Yoli Childs on BYU posted a good thing today. Yeah, um, talking about his experience as a black man growing up in Utah, 
And there's just like, I mean, and luckily, I mean, not luckily, but like he was able to show, like, just give some anecdotes about his experience. And like, there's still going to be, I don't, I didn't even look at the comments. I don't give a shit. But like, I'm sure there are people arguing with him on there. Like, oh, I'm sorry for your experience, but like, blah, 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 blah. to the volume, I, dude, it's the same shit every fucking time. They say the exact same things. My homegirl Lisa wrote uh, wrote an experience about being a black woman living in Utah and and what she's experienced there, and had a bunch of white pe- like she, white dudes in the comments talking about her life and like yeah, telling her that she's oh, fucking wrong. Yeah, telling her that she's wrong, invalidating her, and then saying there was one dude in particular who said that she was she was wrong and committing sins because she hadn't been married in the temple yet. Okay. Oh. Like, that's 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 when I had to just turn my phone off and just like go in the other room um, and and kind of just stare at the wall uh, for a little bit because I just uh, the 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 wires in my brain just went haywire. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea how people deal with that shit. Just all, oh, over and over and over again. I, I don't um, either. It's it's insane. But um, speaking of fun articles, too, I just saw the trip like the last couple of days, too. There's been like the certain brewings of, hey, maybe we should change the name of BYU from Brigham Young University. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And the, the first one just kind of did the laundry list of every horrible thing Brigham Young has done. Yes, it is the namesake of this podcast. Yes, we fucking hate him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to put it out there and clear the air first but art of of the name yeah. we're all big Lil Wayne fans yeah big Lil Wayne. Um, but i i think it, it's incredible first of all like first of all like yes it did like i think they should change the name of byu because honestly brigham young is probably one of history's greatest monsters for a lot of things uh, for essentially setting up a theocracy in utah for making utah into a slave territory for pretty much being behind the murder of a, like, a wagon train. Was he, did he directly give the order? I don't know for sure, but he definitely created the conditions for that ha- to happen. You have to, you have to acknowledge that. Um, also, not to mention the fact that he just pretty much cleansed the land of any sort of Native American tribe here anyway, too. So it wasn't like he was kind to them beyond <laughs> Mountain Meadows. And for all those reasons, along with his established racism that was even out of place in the 19th century, Yep. They should change the name. But the next day, I saw the greatest article I've ever seen in the trip defending Brigham Young and his name. And I got to find it for you guys because it, it blew me away. I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts here just because, like, <laughs> I, me, bro. I, I literally yelled at my laptop screen as I read it too. Just like, just that much of like a response to, to that because. Woof. I feel like I'm at a I'm at a steakhouse right now and I just I just ordered the T bone. Um the, the the waiter has just walked uh through the revolving doors on the sizzling bladder and uh I can see my steak, it's got the garlic butter on it, and I'm just chomping in the bit. So, okay. So no here off. we go. I'm just gonna read this one paragraph from it too. If we adopt the standard of erasing historical figures when we discover that they did something less than palatable, we will soon be left with practically no one because whether it is the adultery of Martin Luther King or the purported pedophilia of Gandhi or the racism of Brigham Young, 
even those who we prize as the best and brightest in the world have sins and stains the history remembers that history remembers. So is he like all lives mattering, like terrible actions? Yeah. No, no, no. The fact that (laughs) no, the fact that Brigham Young made Utah a slave territory is just like the fact that Martin Luther King kind of went around on his wife. Turned out There's a couple similar of things, guys. Just like, just like that was an FBI plot to discount Martin Luther King. The FBI made Brigham Young very fond of slavery in the early 19th century, late 19th century. Uh, yeah, they, they bring up Gandhi and Martin Luther King with their with their. Uh, That's incredible. Misdeeds with women. Just stuff, they're just flawed people. Yeah, it's like Brigham Young would never do anything weird with women. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no direct his, equivalent that we could make. <laughs> him and his 55 wives, he would never cheat on any of them or yeah. as a group, essentially. I don't know exactly right. how that works per se. But. Can't, cheat, can't cheat on a wife if you've got all of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. seriously. It's great. You yeah. to, you're just too busy. You have to remember all their names. You have Absolutely. to like, remember like how many kids you have with them. Could you imagine that? Like you're, you know, you're just right in the middle of uh, right in the middle of it, and you just totally forget your wife's name. I don't think I can uh, remember. I don't uh, think I can remember fifty-five uh, people's names anytime. Uh, I don't think I can either. Uh, I don't remember that many people. Uh, Alexa. <laughs> well, luckily the so power awful. dynamic was pretty well in Brigham's court, so I don't think he had to worry about that too much. Yeah. So. Because with that, you and uh yeah let's uh let's get some uh let's get some ropes let's get some hooks and uh let's take a hike up to this is the place monument i think it's time to tear down some statues let's get a chinook helicopter <laughs> and just take it off you know what's crazy though is like even the i saw the reason why i saw one of the desnat guys the other day on twitter is because he tweeted something about he's like I'd be willing to admit that like Brigham Young made mistakes or whatever. It's like, okay, even if the Desnot guys are like, okay, maybe he wasn't that great. Like maybe we you could just in fact have to hand it to them. Yeah. He's like, you don't in fact have to retract an earlier uh, biblical scripture of mine. You don't actually in fact have to hand it to him. Yeah. Yeah. We should absolutely put it at the bottom of the great Salt Lake. I don't know. What's the deepest part of the lake? Could it, could it be completely submerged? Uh, no, let's set it up, sh- ship it up, and dump it right in the middle of uh, Bear Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's give it to Idaho. Let's get on the Bear Lakes, the Idaho <laughs> side of Bear Idaho, Lake. They can have it. Yeah, Idaho has a wine. Yeah, Idaho um, is basically northern Utah, so. Yeah, it really is, man. That big, I mean, all the statue stuff. The statue discourse is hilarious because, I mean, there's so many losers that like you're like hey, you're destroying history. I mean, okay, the Brigham Young statue I think actually is pretty old, um, but a lot of these statues, like in the South and like in other places, they're straight up built in like the like after like during reconstruction or like during oh like, after reconstruction like yeah, after reconstruction like the early part of the 20th century like either 1910 or 1920 or even like stretching up to like the 50s or 60s they're just like we want there was one built in arizona for robert e lee that was built in like 2009 unreal like but yeah but this wow. is all, I mean, this is the state that refused to recognize martin luther king day so are we really arizona surprised? did yeah <laughs> Yeah, and John McCain was, voted against it. Yeah, McCain. And, and then Did who he was seriously? Uh, that, yeah, Patron that's saint of resistance, John McCain. 
Chuck D wrote uh, by the time I, I get to Arizona because of that. Wow, I didn't yeah. even know that. I didn't even piece that together. Oh, don't worry. Re- Arizona's recovered by giving us like Sheriff Joe Arpaio and just, I don't know. They yeah, gave us good enough. They gave Steve. They gave us Steve Nash's prime. They gave us the seven seconds or less sons. They were fun. That was the so, Mavericks that did that. He just kind of fell into a good place. Hey, hey, hey! You know what? The Diamondbacks won a chip by beating the by beating the Yankees. So Arizona's with, not all that. with Patriot Kurt Schilling. Oh, Dude. that's right. He was on that team. Fuck. People are so psychotic, man. There was like there was a straight up a shooting in New Mexico over that one. Um, yeah, the Conquistador statue. Yeah, they were trying to take down the one of Juan de Enyote, uh, who I did he did he like treat did he like kill Native Americans? Is that what happened? Well, he was a Conquistador. I think we can pretty much assume yes. Yeah. Okay, so there was people trying to take that one down. Somebody shot someone over it. So yeah, like it was like a, I don't know if he was like a boogaloo guy or just like some sort of weird like statue defender guy. But oh yeah, speaking of the boogaloo boys, they uh, did they kill a cop? Yeah, yeah, they killed a cop. No, it was the same guy who killed like two other cops in Santa Clara. Like the guy has like three bodies on him. And he's yeah, but uh, you, you, at least we got uh, Benny Johnson out there posing with the the Boogaloo Boys. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, no, nothing and like to the Benny Johnson thing. Sorry, bro, you can't have a Wes Anderson themed wedding and then pose as a tough guy. Fuck Dude, off. He's oh, such man. a loser. That, Benny like, Johnson is incredible just because. After the Fort Hood shooting, he did the weirdest the, the article right. I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely sociopathic article. And it was just like pretty much like, I went to a military base. And did you know they have all the things just like you? And like, as someone who served in the military too, you just look at that entire article and like, what in the hell is this? Did you know they have a Burger King? It's like, yes. Why wouldn't we? And they also have, they have whoppers that come in camouflage wrapping. It's like, oh, oh no. It's just the laziest and also the, like the most demented form of journalism I've ever seen in my life. It's, hey, we crafted an original thought this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot he got fired for um, <laughs> He got fired from the Daily Caller for plagiarism. That's incredible. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize he had double dipped. Yeah. No, he's gotten fired for like plagiarism like three times. That's why the only place he can pull a paycheck now is TPUSA. Oh, is that is that who he works for now? Is that, is, he's on their payroll? He's the chief creative officer for TPUSA. Oh, my God. I hate him so much. Candace Owens. That rotten bitch. Dude, she's great. Oh my god. Um, she had like a full video. I I do not recommend even like just seeing what she's up to. It's like it's so horrific. You'd have to give me like the clockwork orange treatment in order to make me watch that. Yeah. She's like eyes open. It's full, it's full like her content is explicitly made for people who are looking for a black person to agree with them for their racist takes. Like she's just Full on carrying water for white supremacy, but, like not even even close to like denying it. But it's those just, are all, yeah, that's all the heavy hitters for me. Yeah, yeah, that's all the heavy hitters for like conservative media now at this point too. Yeah, like, but like, dude, people love it because like her her video about George Floyd has like fifty something million views oh. on Facebook, like fifty million. Oh yeah, because Hassan like, well, Piker did a video about it, dude. 
it's, I mean, it's just textbook, like every single one of the same talking points. He, like he was no angel type of shit. Um, like he George, was a drug because who deserved it. That, I mean, seriously, like, you I don't know, care. People, yeah, I don't, I don't care, care if somebody, did. seriously, like, like you no don't, one, cops aren't, cops aren't there to be the, the jury and the judge to, for anyone. Yeah, so we don't live in judge dread. I know. And I thank God for that every day. Yeah. Because like they're not supposed to pass sentence right there too, especially pull him out of a cruiser, lay him on the ground, and then kneel on his neck until his until he's dead for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you, like nowhere in civilized society should that happen. I don't care what the crime was. Would it Would it help you to know if the uh, the chokehold was banned though? Might be. Might be helpful. <laughs> the, the standard liberal response, like. But they didn't follow the rules. I know. As like that somehow matters. Follow the, the rules when they choked Eric Garner to death. It was literally a banned chokehold. Right. Since 1993 in New York, didn't matter. Chokeholds for years before that. Mm-hmm. When you're not beholden to anyone like cops are, you don't have to follow the rules because there are no consequences. I know. They no. make the rules. Uh, everything is subjective and like can be like, Oh, yeah. I mean, Trump already, like, gave up the fucking game when he was like, yeah, we're banning chokeholds nationwide unless the cops feel like their life is in danger, and which is just fucking absurd, in which, how could you, how could your life be in danger, but you could also be in a position to lay a chokehold on someone? Like, the cops are already making that determination already, and that's the problem, is that it's up to them to make that determination. And, like, the whole rules about, like, like escalation and all that, too. It's, like, as if that hasn't been abused already, too. Like, every time you see a cop just, like, wailing on a guy, too, he's also saying quit resisting just because he knows there's a camera behind him, too, so he can kind of justify why he's just rabbit-punching this guy. Yeah. It's the same stuff. It's, It's the same stuff we've seen for the last 50 years, and nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed is the cops now have more gear. They're more militarized. Mm-hmm. They have more things that they can kill you with. And that's the only thing that's changed. Like you say what you want about like cops in the South during the 1960s. They didn't have AR-15s. Yep. Yeah, and um, an AR-15 does a hell of a lot more damage than a water hose. Yeah, exactly. And also on top of that too, it's like they just had nightsticks. Yeah. These guys, the cops now have rubber bullets, tear gas, pepper spray, anything possible to the, just to just knock you down. Yeah. Like and all, yeah. In the 1950s and 60s, they'd have to get up face to face and do it. Also, are we up to like six um, young black men who have been found hanging in trees this week, and they've all been called suicides? Or uh... um, I the police have assured me that they were all suicides. We okay, don't cool. Have to look into them any further. Sweet. Just because, like, you know, they were all, these suicides were all done in, like, the classic way that the lynching's done. It's, you know, it, people get sad. It's that time of year. This no, is it, insane. No, so, it's it, insane. It's absolutely lynchings. Cool. All right. That's great. Um, anyway, so <laughs> pretty happy first episode of The, <laughs> the Cool Zone. <laughs> Highway to the cool let's at least talk about something that made you happy today okay um someone else go first um (laughs) i took took boy to the park and we we rode bikes um and we've been watching a lot of like uh first person pov mountain bike videos um nice for the record for those who don't know i'm 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 
borderline obsessed with mountain biking. I, I do it a lot. Um, I love it. Um, and we were just on YouTube watching videos, and I'll have him sit in my lap, and we'll kind of simulate going down the trail. It's real fun. He enjoys That's it. That's cool. Um, and then we went and actually went on a bike ride, and he, he was talking about going off the big jumps. Nice. It's just like riding off the curb, but he calls it the big jumps. Uh, super cute. Uh, that was that. that was wonderful. That's the positive I'm ending the pot on. Nice. Okay, I thought of something that made me happy today. McMuffin Cop. <laughs> Dude, quickly tell us about McMuffin Cop because I okay. love that. This is the greatest thing ever. It made my whole morning when I saw this too. Okay, so in Georgia, there was this police officer who went into a McDonald's. Well, actually, it was through drive through and ordered a coffee and I think an English McMuffin or something like that. She gets, she waits there for a little bit. They come in and confirm her order with her too. It's like, you had this, right? It's like, yes, that's what I had. They go in, they deliver the coffee to her. They come back and try to give her the McMuffin. She's like, don't worry about the other thing. I don't want it anymore because apparently she's afraid it's going to get poisoned or something. Right. Because <laughs> of the diarrhea cops from the night before. By the way, this is a in-car like video of her like holding up her cell phone to her as in like every angry conservative mode ever. And she was just like near in tears talking about how she couldn't wait five minutes for English McMuffin because she was afraid it was going to like be poisoned or something. Oh my god Dude. it was the greatest thing ever because it just it it tilts the cards it shows you the man behind the curtain it shows you what law enforcement is these people are are want to be persecuted they want to be punished they want to be like daddy. everything yeah they want every they want to be treated exactly how they perceive themselves to be treated because then they can have their martyr complex they want yep that's what they want and they, it, justifies, it justifies this this paradigm of always being under attack and always being in danger. Yeah, it yeah. justifies their huge budgets. It justifies every piece of equipment they have. It justifies why they get to dress up like they're invading Iraq. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's all those things. Um. Yeah, it really is. That was a good video. Um. I saw a couple friends who are in town for the week today. Um social distance outside style, which was cool. Um, that was good. And then I saw this clip that um, I'm about to share my screen for. Okay, you guys ready? Oh, I just lost it. All right, cool. Four more years. <laughs> you know what? Everything's gonna be so much better under Joe Biden, guys. USA, USA, Trump. We love Trump. Oh anyway. no! Is is that the performance of the family in front of like Tulsa or something like that? Yeah. Wait, could you guys hear it or no? No, no, no. I just saw the video earlier and then like poisoned my brain for like a good half hour. Yeah, it's really good stuff. I love the love the love Trump video. Um. So, yeah, so we didn't talk about it, but Joe Biden's probably going to be president, and we can talk about that stuff next time. Yeah, we'll I talk about it next week because cool. apparently, like, we're just not going to have like an election this year. It's just going to be like a standard like 
there's gonna be no, like no campaigning or anything like that. It'll just be like, oh hey, it's election day. I guess I'll just throw this in the mail. Yeah. At least give us one debate, though. That's all I'm asking. We for. need a like, debate. We need the Suns debate. We need both of those things. So, we, we need them to. De- we need them to debate so bad because that's the only thing we want. We we deserve this for all the hardships that we as Americans have endured over the last three months. We deserve seeing Joe Biden and Donald Trump watching their met brains melt as one. I know. I was thinking about the the Donald Trump tweet about him walking down the ramp, dude. That was so funny. Oh, oh. All right. Yeah, if we're gonna end the end the pod on on a high note, just just remember, folks, that uh, come November, you get to choose between Donald Trump the literal worst person on the planet Yep. or a segregationist who authored the 1994 crime bill. Yeah. You know, okay. Uh, on that note, we sh- yeah. On that note, we should end with what Isaac shared from the week. Um, the democratic establishment views its primary task as managing and controlling its voters rather than trying to do what they want. They have convinced themselves that the country is unshakably conservative and therefore best they can do is to hang on to power and occasionally pass milquetoast reforms. This attitude is extremely convenient for the establishment's fundraising and career prospects by forestalling any egalitarian policies that may take, may threaten the top 1%. They can rake in campaign contributions plus cushy corporate consulting jobs, AKA Jay Carney at Amazon and buck raking speech gigs after they leave office that's how you get incumbents like angle who can barely be bothered to pretend they care they cater to the needs of their district yeah so you get mcadams we get the death cult or we get these guys and uh vote for these guys but i mean well i don't care i mean i whatever do whatever Whatever. (laughs) it's also utah so like we already know like where the where this where this state's going so we know It'd be crazy no, if Biden won Utah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy, but uh, it's like what Matt Christman said on Chapo. He pretty much said, "You don't have to devote your energy to the presidential racing." Yeah, That's just give him, give him, give him your vote. Don't give him any energy or your time until yeah, it's, whoever's it's a, in office. It, yeah, it's a YP, not an MP, and yep. and he's right though too. It's like, put your energy into your local, into your local yeah. causes. Put your energy yeah. towards local candidates that you think you can win. Whether it's school board, all the way up to mayor, all the way up mm-hmm. to governor, wherever you are, those are the, those are the things that's going to be much more important coming as the coming years come by. Anyway, because what we've seen with Donald Trump is the federal government really doesn't matter much anymore, and it's not going to be there. Like it's just like the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone's got C- Everyone's yeah. got CTE from dealing with this shit. Yeah, I honestly don't know which is going to be around longer, the NFL or the federal government. Yes, we'll like, see. That, that's going to be the interesting thing because what COVID showed was essentially like states can just like work together in between each other without the federal government involved because at a certain point, the federal government's like, well, you know what? We're just not going to do anything. Good luck. Yep. Good luck. So put your energy into something local. Greg, send us off. You're the, you're the patriarch. <laughs> all right um i'll give you all a dad's blessing thank you very much for for tuning in to the nice. inaugural kickoff episode of brigham young money uh we're stoked um we're stoked to see where this goes we're not exactly sure uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a journey there's no destination <laughs> but it's gonna be a journey um 
and we're in it together, folks. Make a scrapbook about it, Greg. Make a scrapbook. <laughs> I've, you have no idea the amount of screenshots I've taken of this Zoom meeting. I love it. Love to see it. So it's going to happen. Um, there's going to be um, like just all sorts of uh, adorable Instagram videos. Especially because we got such a good year ahead of us. We've already had such a gear, good year so far, and I can't imagine yeah. it going any worse or better. It's just going to yeah, be. Just gonna but be- hey, on, on that note, seriously, though, um, uh, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, do the research, folks. Uh, uh, see who's running in your local election. Ultimately, that's going to have an enormous effect on your life, on your family's life, your friends, uh, mm-hmm. your loved ones. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, if who who really cares really at this point about about the uh, the presidential election? Uh, I know that's a really cynical thing to have to, to say, but I think cynicism right now is the only thing we really have. Um, but in the meantime. Stay safe, stay smart, wear a mask. Wear a fucking mask. It's really Love easy. Each other. It's the simplest thing. It's, I know it's really, really hard. Um, and we're not exactly bastions of positivity, but <laughs> we, we do give a shit, um, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. And if there is any sort of message, just like, Try, try to be nice. Try to be like not a total asshole because the world is filled with enough total assholes. Um, on that yeah, note, uh, uh, good night. Take care, and uh, we'll see you for episode two. Deuces. Bye.